Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Mandatory, a live show. We're going to be talking a lot about what we saw over the weekend from Edgar Berlanga, because now the questions are going to come up. Um, is he the face of Puerto Rican boxing? Is he the next superstar? And I got my boy, Brian Fonseca here, who, of course, is his fellow Puerto Rican. But most importantly... Uh, <laughs> New York right? Rican, too. Exactly. And uh, most importantly, if you like the content, if you like the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on our social media channels. We're at the mandatory TKO on Twitter, TikTok, IG. So make sure to rock with us there. But lots to talk about. And we got to start off with the biggest news, of course, Brian Canelo, no longer with DAZN. He signed a three-fight deal with PBC, which brings us some interesting fights. They're saying the first one is going to be against Jermall Charlo. And a little bit of backstory for that. So Charlo was promoted to world champion in um, 2019, right? So instead of accepting a mandatory title defense against Charlo, Canelo accepted the WBC offer to be promoted to franchise champion. And I know what you're thinking, okay? Okay, that's really, really confusing. But pretty much, he didn't take the fight with Charlo at that time. And then everybody started to say he was ducking him, right? That was the thing. People were like, oh, Canelo's ducking Charlo. And it was one of the names on the list that everyone kind of questioned. But now, signing to PBC, it seems pretty likely that he's not ducking Charlo and that he's going to fight him in September. Brian, what are your thoughts on all of this? Hopefully that wasn't that confusing for people because we tried to explain the whole franchise champion thing leading up to Vasily Lomachenko and Devin Haney. So um, thank you to everybody who's here and, you know, we'll get more people as the show goes. It's usually how this goes. Uh, so drop in comments and we'll get to them throughout the show. So I think with Canelo Alvarez, this is interesting, right? He's going to fight allegedly Jamal Charlo. Let's just still say reportedly because PBC hasn't confirmed this, sent out a press release, whatever. But the reports and everybody's running with it that this is in fact happening. And Canelo Alvarez is supposed to fight Jamal Charlo. And I think, one, it will be a great fight. I'm a little, uh, I don't know if worried is the right word, but Jamal Charlo hasn't fought in two years. <laughs> it's been a minute. And I don't think stepping into the ring with Canelo Alvarez is ideal. Coming off of a two, what will then be a 27-month layoff because he last fought in June of 2021 and he won a decision. And I think Canelo Alvarez is also at an interesting point in his career where we were talking about the John Ryder performance. It was, it was I, you know, we thought he, he did pretty well, but, but he, he had a layoff though too, remember? And he was coming off that hand surgery or that wrist surgery. Sure. So, I mean, at the same time, like Canelo was so consistent. He was fighting like three, four times a year at one point. And then he takes a layoff. Um, and the crazy thing was his hand wasn't a hundred percent. Like as much as people want to knock Canelo for that performance and say that he's fallen off, he might not be the Canelo. Like we are seeing signs of him slow down. <laughs> uh, hey Zeus, am I Puerto Rican? No, but I mean, that's a compliment. Why are you laughing? Why would that be funny? That would be a compliment. It's just funny. Cause like, you're just, you're not. And I know this, uh, Jesus, yeah. she's Canadian. I'm Puerto Rican. She's Canadian. Um, I you could you know I feel like Canadian I'm I'm <laughs> my family's from Fiji so they're Fijian um but I am from Canada yes yeah um, so you're making your point <laughs> I I don't know like because I don't know what Canadian means when people ask me like hey like you know I never say I'm Canadian like I only see Caucasian people saying that <laughs> it's oh. the truth I've never seen like oh this yeah. is a deeper conversation okay, yeah I've never I've never seen I've never <laughs> been like yo I've only said I'm Canadian if like an American's like where are you from. 
Canada. I'm like, I'm from Canada, but I never, you know, when people ask me what I am, I never, I'm never like, yo, I am, you know, my nationality is Canadian, whatever. Anyways, yeah. not the so, point. All right. Thank so you, Jesus, for the comment. <laughs> yeah. Jesus took us into like a deep dive there. Okay. Anyways, Jesus, um, Jesus says no excuses that Charlo was off for two years um, and has not fought and Canelo has not fought. So here's the <sighs> thing though. I think there is going to be rust in the ring if this fight does happen, but I still think it's a massive fight. Like this is a fight that we've, we've been wanting for a long time. And whether you are a Canelo fan or not, the big question about it is, has Canelo been ducking Charlo? Either of the Charlo brothers. Is there another funny comment? <laughs> <laughs> I get I get that a lot, Astrid. I do get that quite often. For, for people who hear this on the audio side later, Astrid uh, comments, a uh, friend of the show, Astrid, will say, uh, you, you could pass off uh, as Hispanic. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, when I went to Miami, everyone was talking to me in Spanish. And- <laughs> earrings it's also the hoop earrings yeah all right so pitbull boxing has a comment here let's go to this even though most people don't like to look at lower oh that's our next segment pitbull we're gonna circle back to you sorry about that uh i am pk 13 is this a bit of a cherry pick for canelo Uh, jamal charlo is not a cherry pick but i think what you're kind of asking is actually let me leave your comment up here for a second i think what you're kind of asking is should he fight someone who's active instead of Jamal Charlo? Because I feel like Jamal Charlo, this is ballsy to, one, move up and wait <laughs> after not being in the ring for two years, and then, two, fighting Canelo Alvarez, the guy at the next weight class. Not a dude, not like a tune-up at super middleweight, because I wouldn't have minded that. I actually personally would have preferred Canelo Alvarez fight David Benavidez if we want to talk more about the contract. David Benavidez has to be one of those fights. There was talks about David Benavidez fighting David Morrell, and that seems to have fallen through. Uh, I don't, we don't know if that's going to happen. Maybe they circle back to it. Yeah. I think in a perfect world, if you do get Canelo Alvarez and Jamal Charlo, David Benavidez versus David Morrell at the end of the year, the winner of that fight fighting Canelo Alvarez or Jamal Charlo, whoever wins next May, I think that would make a lot of sense. But for me, I, I think, I don't think this is a cherry pick, but I, I do wonder about like, because Canelo will be at a clear advantage here, having been more active, just being his weight class and all those different things. But is it a cherry pick? Because I feel like I know we're getting this fight a little bit later than we should. But I think this is a fight that a lot lot of people wanted to see. People wanted to see Canelo and Charlo at one point. And now we're going to possibly be getting it. So you're saying it's not to be. I don't I don't think so, because I think this is a tough fight for Canelo. Look what John Ryder did to him. He took he took him the distance. Like, are are we saying that Jamal Charlo isn't better than John Ryder? Come on, let's no, no, yeah. But I think I think people would say like, oh, Jamal Charlo hasn't been active. He hasn't, but this is a tough fight for Canelo. Like, this isn't going to be no walkthrough for Canelo. I would even think about putting some money on Jamal Charlo. Um, if it was Jermel and Canelo, I think I could be you know more, I guess, convincingly to lean towards Jermel, maybe. Um, no, I'm not doing he, that. You don't like Jermel? Okay, whatever. No, I it's not. Even, tra- I, I think, actually, I think Brian's low-key a Charlo hater, both brothers. No, no. I've covered the Charlos. I like the Charlos, but, like, Jermel's just been an overall better pro. You know I what think I mean? they're both good. I think yeah. they're both good, and I, that they shouldn't be taken, like, lightly. So I don't think it's a cherry pick. I think John Ryder was a cherry pick. That's what I think. I don't think a Charlo brother is a cherry pick at all. Pitbull Boxing says Jamal's coach Ronnie Shields 
said that Charlo has been keeping in shape but had to deal with some personal problems with his wife. I am not touching that, but that yeah, I, but I you did. know what? I think like, I, I did I think I did see that same interview that Pitbull Boxing was talking about. Thank you for the comment. Yeah, thank you so much, Pitbull Boxing. Also, everyone that's in the chat right now, but I do want to say one thing. I think keeping in shape and being in the ring and having rounds are two different things. Like you can stay in shape outside the ring and work out and do all this, but it's totally different when you're in the ring getting rounds against dudes. Totally different. So just regardless of the fact if Jamal is going to be in shape coming into this fight, Canelo just had a fight. So I think it's different when you're actually active. And so I don't think this is a cherry pick. I think this three fight deal for Canelo is probably going to be some really exciting fights. We're probably going to get him against Jamal Charlo, hopefully. As boxing fans, you never know. <laughs> and um, David Benavides, I think that's the fight that everyone wants to see. So the winner of possibly Charlo and Canelo would probably get David Benavides, maybe. But I think regardless, this gives us a path to David Benavides and Canelo. And that's the one that we all want to see. That's the pay-per-view fight. And that's the fight that's going to have casual fans coming in, I think. It's weird because it would make more sense in the reverse. David Benavidez fights Canelo Alvarez in September. Charlo has a fight, just a fight, before the end of the year uh, moves up and weighs super middleweight. Mm -hmm. And then Charlo and Canelo happens in next May. But, yeah. you know, I mean, you just take the fights as you can get them with this sport. Um, but, look, the PBC deal, if you want to look at some other sort of options moving forward, right? At super middleweight, it's basically David Benavidez, David Morrell, Demetrius Andrade. And does he run it back with Canelo? Uh, Canelo Plant with Caleb Plant? I, I wouldn't think... mind, but I just don't think there's a point for it. Like, if no, I'm Canelo, yeah. why do I fight Plant again? He just lost against David Benavides. And I then, don't want to see that fight. And then if if Charlo, if Jamal Charlo is going to move up from middleweight, the other guys you would look at to potentially move up is like Carlos Adamas. Yeah, maybe Arislandi Lara and they run it back. But it's like, is that really that interesting? I, nerd, nerd such as myself would like that because I thought Lara beat Canelo the first time low key, although it was very, very close. Very close. Yeah. And I mean, at, some people see it as a robbery. Yes. But I, I still think Canelo did enough to win. And at light heavyweight, if Canelo's going to try that again, there's really only two dudes and neither of them are PBC fighters. That is a two fighter weight class right now, although we may or may not get to another light heavyweight later on in the show. But that's that's kind of where we're at as it pertains to Canelo in this deal. Yeah. So what we would like to know is who you want to see Canelo fight on this three fight deal. Do you think it's a good move for him? And do you think that we're going to get the Canelo that we were used to seeing before he fought John Ryder and went the distance? And I think that's one of the biggest questions, too. What Canelo are we going to see on this deal? I think this three fight deal makes sense. It's not a long-term deal, but I think he's going to get those names. Like, we're going to get Charlo, hopefully Benavidez, and Morrell. I think Morrell needs a little bit more experience uh, before getting into the ring with a guy like Canelo. But one thing that's probably dead, because now they're at different networks, uh, Edgar Berlanga and Canelo, because Berlanga is now <laughs> asking for Jaime Munguia. And, you know, let's get it right into it, Brian, because you were at this fight covering it for the mandatory, you know, getting all of our footage. By the way, if you haven't seen it, make sure to hit up our YouTube page, hit up, you know, our TikTok. It's all on there at the mandatory TKO. Instagram. That's where you can find us. Yes. Uh, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button Twitter. as well. 
But here's the thing about it is uh, we saw Edgar Berlanga. So let's touch on his performance first, and then we can get into who's the next big face of Puerto Rican boxing. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. What were your thoughts on Edgar Berlanga's performance? Didn't get the knockout, went the distance. He did drop. Um, he did drop quickly four times in that fight. But tell me, you know, what were your thoughts on it? Like, was it enough to get people talking again? And, and people let us know in the comments what you thought about Berlanga's performance and the discussion we're about to have about Puerto Rican boxing. <laughs> Joseph coming in hot. Bum Nilo is a disgrace fighting an active middleweight and inactive middleweight. Excuse I me. think that's hilarious. <laughs> Bum Nilo. That's a good one. That's funny, Joseph. Thank you for uh, leaving a comment. A funny Look, one too. I, I, yeah, I always appreciate the funny comments. Uh, just tell <laughs> jokes and then I'll put you on screen. You know what I mean? <laughs> or if you have good insight too, like I'll take that also, but we're trying to be fun and informative here, but like, you know, it is what it is. Edgar Berlanga, I thought was this was the best he looks since the knockout streak ended, but I didn't think it was an awesome performance because he start he started off pretty well. I, I gave Quigley five of the twelve rounds. I gave mm. him round one, and I gave him four of seven through eleven, which is where you started getting a little nervous. The fight started turning. Quigley was out boxing him. Berlanga was trying to cut off the ring and was struggling to do so. wasn't really figuring him out. Was you pointed this out very smartly last week. Too much head hunting from Edgar Berlanga. And the entire time I'm watching, particularly round 7 through 11, and I'm tweeting about this too. I'm like, yo, the body is there if he commits to it. Jason Quigley's body, not that it was wide open. But- he leaves himself open, though, when he boxes. Yes. And that's where Berlanga should go because he's a power puncher. Go to the body. Like, it makes sense. He's just so stuck on getting that knockout and going to the head. He's so talented, has the power. And sometimes I'm just like, are you not going to the body? Like he you're was... a Puerto Rican boxer, go to the body, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you guys do. Go to the body. That's what I'm saying. So that's um... what we do, you know. Like for real. And Pitbull Boxing is back with a comment. Berlanga has potential, but seems too stubborn to learn from prior mistakes. He has good power. Needs to learn to cut off the ring. Not be as desperate. So to this point, Berlanga said after the fight in round 12 that's how he wants to fight going forward. Easier said than done. You're not going to get two knockdowns in every round, right? Mm. But that's sort of what he wants to to do. And in round 12, there was a sense of urgency. There was better cutting off the ring. There was a little bit more offensive variance and just overall aggression that lead in his favor and I thought took the fight over uh, for him. And I thought, you know, so if I gave him seven of the of the 12 rounds, that's 115, 109, basically. And I thought that better, but there's still there's still there's still work that needs to be done. And he knows that because he gave himself a C. Mm. His coach was saying that, you know, he knows how to box, which I saw him trying to do early on and then kind of went away from it, uh, which happened before during his streak of uh, non knockout victories. We'll call them decisions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Look, man, English is not the easiest language. And then <laughs> we get into just sort of the future. And it's like Edgar Berlanga versus Jaime Munguia. And I'm like, oh, that that's actually a fight Edgar could win. Because yeah. Jaime Munguia has faced a lot of these same questions. E- Eddie Hearn is like, this is the worst managed career in like boxing history. He's, you know, his resume sucks and all these different things that he's saying. And I'm like, Edgar and Jaime Munguia, one, that would be an interesting fight. And two, that would be something that would sell in the right venue 
Yeah, and uh, IMPK13 says Berlanga's KO streak has proven to be a curse. Totally you said agree with this. you. Yeah, you said he, this. he set the bar too high for himself. Now winning isn't enough. He has to win by KO, and it's true. I think it's totally unfair. I think now we're just expecting a knockout every time, but he's undefeated. He's undefeated. <laughs> what are we complaining about? I know we want to see the knockout because he's it, not going to wow you. you. Like he, no, he, I, I like I don't think he's going to wow you like a Devin Haney would in the ring. Like when you no. see Devin Haney in the ring, you're like, wow, he looks beautiful. Except for you know later on in the well, round, some Kingo. people would say he looks boring. So be um, careful. But yeah, I, I mean, like it depends if you like the sweet science. Right. If you love the sweet science and you think Devin Haney boxes beautifully, you think Lomachenko boxes beautifully. These guys, I've never been a boxing fan where it's like, I need to see power. I need to me see neither. a knockout. I've, I've never mm -hmm. been that boxing fan. So to me, it's like, if I don't see a knockout, I don't really care as long as the performance is really nice. That's what I look mm -hmm. for. Let's go to the um, comments more because I believe Pitbull Boxing left another one. He said he struggled with timing and seems too aggressive instead of taking his time and breaking quickly down uh, quickly. I still think Berlanga beats Munguia as Munguia has slow feet and no head movement. I agree with you, Pitbull Boxing. I think Munguia will have some moments in this fight, though, yes. because I still think that I don't know if it's like a mental lapse that. Edgar Berlanga has at times, but you can feel him thinking too much sometimes. And he was dropped by Caceres as well. I think in the ninth round in that fight, like he has these mental lapses where it's like he is getting hit, hit a lot. And Munguia is a guy that listen, he does possess some skill and some power, right? So that's actually a good fight, I think. <laughs> Nerd comes in Munguia versus Berlanga, the battle of hype <laughs> that's actually a very very good point that's gonna be the joke um going into that fight but like i think it, this is a comment from joseph that i agree with stop telegraphing your punches edgar um look mm -hmm. man like th this is this is what happens when you headhunt too much as, as chantel pointed out last week now in terms of the border the puerto rican boxing conversation yes what i get to that now um there well, are why I, well why don't i ask you because i think yeah I think people really got to know how passionate Brian is about this topic and he can speak to it like nobody else can. Well, I definitely can because apparently I'm just Canadian. So <laughs> I'm just joking if you saw early on what that meant, if it's an inside joke. Anyways, okay. <laughs> so Puerto Rican boxing, at one point, like the last biggest superstar that I remember is one of my favorite boxers, Miguel Cotto. He was the face, by the way, um, Listen, I think he's the, the only guy that really took it to Mayweather. Just want to throw that in there. Mm. Um, but ever since then, there's been like a void of who this next Puerto Rican boxing superstar is going to be. And Edgar Berlanga came on this 16 KO streak and everyone's like, he's that guy. But there's someone in the background named Xander Zayas, who I thought he had a good performance in his last fight. People were, you know, giving him some heat. And there's also someone who um, I think has transcended just being a Puerto Rican boxing superstar, and that is Amanda Serrano. Um, but Brian, let's talk about it because I think you can touch on this a little bit more with more passion. Is Edgar Berlanga the next face of Puerto Rican boxing? Or is, is he the superstar that we've all kind of pegged him out to be? Or is it Xander? Or is it still Serrano's? Or is it someone else? So if we're talking about the future of Puerto Rican boxing, here's here's where we go, right? And any Puerto Ricans or anybody watching at all, feel free to drop in your thoughts as I go through this because it's going to be a little bit. Um, we currently have four champions, right? We have, there's Jonathan Gonzalez, WBO junior flyweight champion, Subriel Matias, who's returning, 
August 26, he deserves to be mentioned in this conversation against Sergey Lipinets, which is a very interesting fight. Uh, Amanda Serrano, as you mentioned. Amanda Serrano kind of answers the question, who's going to step up after Miguel Cotto? Because for a while, it looks like it was going to be Felix redacted, now in prison. Um, Jose Pedraza, was there a chance at that? Christopher Diaz, was there a chance at that? Alberto Machado, maybe. It was Amanda Serrano, and it's been Amanda Serrano pretty much since Miguel Cotto walked out the door in late 2017. And then Oscar Colazzo uh, is also a minimum weight champion right now who's undefeated, who is worth keeping an eye on, uh, won his title uh, in the spring. There's the next category, which are like the next Puerto Rican champions. Manny Rodriguez, I think when he gets the IBF title shot against uh, Melvin Lopez, is expected to be because they're the top two contenders for the vacant IBF title that Naoya in a way is leaving behind. Uh, I think he's going to be a champion because I think he wins that fight. Then you have Shakur Stevenson, who, look, Afro-Latino, right? Like, if if we want to play that game, he's black and Puerto Rican. He turns 26 tomorrow. He's still young, and he's embracing it more, embracing his culture more, right? Or at least his father's side of the family culture more, right? And then there's the other category. This is where I put Edgar Berlanga and Xander Zayas getting there, but still kind of need to see more, right? Still need to see it. It's Edgar Berlanga. It's Xander Zayas. Quickly on Xander Zayas. He's starting to get more criticism now because he didn't put away his last couple opponents. I will remind people he is 20 years old. <laughs> he is 16 and 0 with 10 knockouts. He is 20 years old. And he is also number four ranked contender by the WBO, which is worth mentioning because, you know, if you're with top rank, you're probably going to get a WBO title shot if you're good yeah. enough. <laughs> True. You know, right now that title is being held by um, Jermel Charlo and Tim Zhu is the uh, interim champion. So could Xander Zayas beat Tim Zhu? Probably not right now, I don't think. Uh, I think in a year or two, but I, I think right now it'd be tough. Although if you take it out of Australia, maybe. And then Nestor Bravo is somebody to watch in this sort of category. So Nestor Bravo, for people who don't know, 21-0, 15 knockouts, ranked number seven yeah. uh, by the WBA and the WBO. And is a super lightweight WBO and ABO champion. He's fighting in August. And the reason why I mentioned him, Jake Paul is promoting his card next. April 18th It's one of those most valuable prospect cards in Orlando. And he's going to be fighting on the zone, uh, Nesta Bravo, who's got some pop. And uh, so far, and that's really, after that, there's like a, there's like the last category of like the early ones to watch. We could get to that in a second. But uh, in terms of the names I'm throwing at you, I think the main ones to, to really answer this question in terms of if I'm making a Puerto Rican boxing uh, hierarchy, Amanda Serrano is the face and has been the face. And then after that, it's like, is Edgar Berlanga, Xander Zayas, or Subriel Matias, who's already a champion, going to sort of become, you know, entering that conversation with full force? Subriel Matias is starting to get the recognition he deserves, but he's not there yet. And he deserves a lot more recognition because he's a monster. If he beats Sergey Lipinets in spectacular fashion in August, people are going to start talking about him more. I will remind people that he's also in his early 30s. So if this is a young person's conversation, you're looking at Xander Zayas, Edgar Berlanga mostly. Yeah, um, and Joseph said Matias is a beast. Um, we got some more comments here. And because you are the fellow Puerto Rican, Brian, I'm going to let you take this one because this one's interesting. I want to get your thoughts. So John Paul Rivera is interesting, right? Because I have this other, this last category. I might as well do this now, Pitbull. And thank you for the comment. Early potential slash ones to watch. The first name I have here is John Paul Rivera Pizarro. 
um, who's a featherweight, who's very talented, who's only six and zero. So you know, we'll see how he goes as he ascends and faces better competition. I'll throw a few other names out there: Yankiel Rivera, who won on the Edgar Berlanga card. Listen, Matchroom is pushing the shit out of this dude because he's only four and zero, and he's never fought a fourth round, a four round fight. He's already fighting eight rounders. I think he's going to be one of these dudes yeah. that he may fight for a title before he's ten and zero because of the way they're pushing him. And also watch uh, Edwin Valentin, one of Miguel Cotto's guys. He's a, I believe, a lightweight, 12-0, 11 knockout. There is uh, a lot of hype on him, actually. Yeah. A lot yeah. of hype on him. And, I mean, you got He's, that backing of Miguel Cotto. That changes a little things as well. I want to put this one up on the screen. 23 because, years um, old, by the way. And then I have a couple more after this. Just... <laughs> okay, so Diego Pacheco destroys Berlanga. Well, you, I want to see more you like Diego. Diego. Yeah. I like Diego a lot. Also, he's a Cali kid, so I got to. Um, yeah. but I mean, I think that's a really good fight. I don't think it happens anytime soon. I want to see a lot more from Diego, but I think he's going to be a problem. And I think he is a possible guy that we're going to be talking about a lot in the future. Lots of potential for Diego Pacheco. Um, you know, you mentioned some really good names. And I think when we talk about the younger part of this conversation, um, of because... which I have two more, but yes. okay, go. yeah, go ahead. So last two, last two, because I could do this all day, but other ones, I, you've heard me talk about Najee Lopez before. Yeah. I don't know if I did it on the show, but Najee Lopez, he's uh, fighting on the Pro Box TV cards in Florida. He's 6-0 and with five knockouts, light heavyweight prospect. I think he could be a star. He's fighting again in July. Uh, we'll see how he does as he fights future, you know, better competition. And then Stephanie Pinheiro, who right now, uh, she's in her early 30s, but is an ascending welterweight competing at the Central American and Caribbean games 4-0 with two knockouts and has gotten some good wins. And listen, not long off for a welterweight title the way like that division is. And I think Jessica McCaskill is probably the best fighter in that division right now. Yes. Stephanie Pinheiro is 5'9", big shoulders, southpaw. She's tough. If you watch her but fight, think, she's fucking tough. I think you, you've listed a bunch of names that obviously have potential, but I think the ones that have star power are the ones that are most changing, right? Because you got to have that star power. And that would probably land with Edgar Berlanga and Xander Zayas. Um, you know, because Subriel also, but like there's Subriel, but he's underrated. He's he's the boogeyman, right? And it's and like, when is he going to fight someone with a name? There's yeah, a language and, barrier there too that people are going to be like, oh, he doesn't really speak English, whatever, you know. So, and you know what? I don't even think it's necessarily that as well because there are boxers that don't speak very good English or the best English. Like English is a the toughest speaking language. If you can speak more than one language. I give you mad props because that is hard. Okay. I yeah, can. Yeah. I only got one. Um, but I got one, I I got one mention... in like a, a, a third. Spanish is rough, but like. No, I'm, you know you what? Know. I, I can understand a couple of other languages. You know what I mean? Okay. Anyways, that's not the point. The point here is <laughs> that I was going to make is I think, yes, Amanda Serrano is the face of Puerto Rican boxing as of right now. And she has been. However, I think she's bigger than just that. I think she is a face of boxing and sure. arguably. I mean, Clarissa Shields, uh, I, I Amanda say, Serrano, uh, Alicia oh. Baumgartner are the faces of women's boxing, I would say. But I think Amanda Serrano, when we talk about popularity and you talk about women's boxing and how it's transcended over the last few years, like she's bigger than just being this Puerto Rican boxing superstar. The weight of Amanda Serrano's name, I think especially just in boxing, period, it's huge. Like yeah. she deserves her props. So I don't want to just put her in that small box. And I don't think it's a small box though. That's the point I want to make. It's like, yeah. no, because it's like if Felix Trinidad was one of the faces of the welterweight division when he was 
you know, Felix Trinidad, right? Yeah. So he was the face of Puerto Rican boxing, but he was also pound for pound, one of the best five ten fighters in the world at his peak. Same thing with Miguel Cotto. Yeah. And I think Amanda Serrano right now, in terms of name recognition and things of that nature, she's one of the more known boxers in the world. I think you, that's I why think, I'm saying it's it's bigger I, than I, just that. No, but I think you can I think it could be both. I think you could yeah. be the face of your country. Yeah. And I think you could also just be one of the best boxers in the world. I don't think it has to be an either or thing. Well, you know, I just I don't I, like you trying to divide my people like this. No, I'm not trying to divide the people. You're <laughs> such a hater. What I'm trying to say is that I think we need to give her more props than just being this Puerto Rican superstar. Right. Yeah, because yeah. she's she's way more than that. And she's I think she's also a figure in the sport that is so meaningful to like young girls out there. Yeah. Right. Even young girls in Puerto Rico. Like, let's just be serious here. So I just think the value of Amanda Serrano's name. She need, we need to put more respect on her name. But the conversation itself is who's up next, right? Because Amanda Serrano has been mid-30s. doing it. Exactly, mm-hmm. but she's been doing this for a minute, but she's just really gotten this fame. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk to casual fans, like some of my fa- like friends don't even watch boxing. They know Amanda Serrano. They know her name, and that's why I'm saying it holds a lot more weight. It's really meaningful to the sport. Now, when you take a look at Edgar Berlanga and Xander Zayas, this is the one thing that I want to mention. Edgar Berlanga, whether you like him or not, he has star power. Like, he has, he checks off everything off a list to be a superstar. As long as he keeps winning. Yes, and you might not like the way that he's winning, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, going back to that Quigley fight, um, I do want to mention... He was coming off like a year being out of the ring. He didn't get the knockout, but he got knockdowns against a guy that you weren't just going to get up and out of there. This was his toughest fight. And I want to see what he does next. Hopefully he gets better, better defensively. Hopefully he goes to the body. Hmm. But I do think everything else, Xander Zayas checks off the list. But I don't think he transcends like an Amanda Serrano or Miguel Cotto or Felix Trinidad. But you know who I think can? Xander Zayas. I th- like I think he can be the face of Puerto Rican boxing. And I said this last time on the show when we had our live after um, Teofimo Lopez and Josh Taylor. I think Xander Zayas can also be a face of boxing because he's a likable guy. Um, you know, I think a lot of people want to see him fight. Um, and also, like, there's not that language barrier, right? He also speaks very good English as well. And, um, I mean, I think people like him. Like, people just like him as a person, and I think he can be a face of boxing, especially if he continues to win like this. So, remember last year, to put a ball on this conversation, remember last year when we were talking, we had this conversation before, just like, a lot of the conversations we have on here, we've already had. (laughs) But like, so we've had this conversation before, even last year, before Xander Zayas was what he is now, as he's still developing. And... You watch Edgar Berlanga and you watch Xander Zayas. Yeah, Xander Zayas has room to be the bigger star. Is probably all around better. Oh, by the way, he's also six years younger. So if this is a future conversation, yeah, you're going to lean towards Xander Zayas because he has shown less warts through this point of his career and more things that are correctable because, again, he is six years younger. Edgar is entering his prime now in terms of just age, and he's getting to the point where, like, Let's say he fights Jaime Munguia next. You know, the title shot is coming regardless, like for Edgar. he's It's going to happen as long as he keeps winning, probably in one or two more fights. So you're going to have to see it now. And at this point, you know, these adjustments or whatever, like there's more pressure on him. Whereas Xander Zayas, I think you're looking at maybe a two to three year period before you're talking about him getting a title shot if he continues to fight 
two, three times a year, maybe even one year he fights four times. So that doesn't really happen as much anymore. Um, this gets yeah. to this comment from Tyrone who says, yeah. I haven't paid attention to Xander yet. Start. <laughs> Start. <laughs> He's good. There's going to be a lot of people who saying like, oh, you know, he should have got the knockout his last fight, whatever. Like the thing with Xander, at least, and this is something you can't say about Edgar is he's winning every round, basically. Xander's winning basically every round he fights. So there's that. Um, I am PK13. Berlinga may never win a major alphabet title. Xander Zayas is the future. Serrano is older and up against a bit of a glass ceiling being a female fighter. But you know what? I think uh, women's boxing is at the best place it's ever been. It's only going to grow from here. People yeah. are checking for these fights. And so I think the ceiling has gone up, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like even Alicia Baumgartner getting all that TV shine. People were going crazy. Like, they love her. I think women's boxing is in a really good place. But... I do agree. Xander Zayas is the future. Um, by the way, if you left a message, if you left a comment, if you hit that like and subscribe button, thank you so much. If you haven't already been following us on our social media channels, please do. It's at the mandatory TKO. We're on uh, IG, TikTok, Twitter, all of that. Um, so we really do appreciate you rocking with us. Final thoughts, Brian, before we get up and out of here. And if you have any comments on the way out the door, please leave them so we can read them uh, before we wrap this up. Um, but yeah, I think to answer the question, Amanda Serrano's the face of Puerto Rican boxing while also being one of the most famous boxers in the <laughs> yeah. world. Um, so we both win uh, that little debate, um, if you want to even call it a debate. And I think I think Xander Zayas and Edgar Berlanga, like that, that's kind of that's kind of where the future is next, along with Subriel Matias and what he's going to do. Subriel is somebody we should probably talk about a little bit more, but he's got a fight against Sergey Lipinets coming on. I think that's a tough uh, fight. Lipinets like can't be taken seriously. Um, he like he doesn't get taken seriously, but he should. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Like that's not going to be an easy fight. And I think Subriel's my favorite. Like he doesn't have mm. the same type of uh, cachet as a Xander Zayas or a Berlanga, but Subriel's my favorite. That like he's is. he's my favorite to watch. Like when he's fighting. Um, we always talk about is it like fight watch party worthy and like he is. I no, think he's, I wanna, he's no, we, no, we're doing a live for that. Yeah. We're doing a live for that. Unless it look, if they bring it to the Barclays Center, I'm, I'm trying to get there, you know? Yeah, Tyron the Great, Subriel is a beast. Subriel this guy. Is, I would say this of all the, excluding Amanda Serrano, of all the dudes we're talking about, he's the best one, I think, out of all these guys right now. I think he's the best. Puerto Rican boxer in the world right now. Subriel Matias, probably. If, if I'm being honest, and this is like, I think he can beat anyone at 140. I do too. I I, I just, you know, I like Tio <laughs> like, Lopez. Regis Progre is one of my favorite boxers. But I think Subriel can beat anyone in that division, and that's yeah. wild. So he that's just, why it's like, I think he's so underrated, so fun to watch. If you haven't seen Subriel Matias watch, you're missing out. Go check out his highlights. But he's the guy that should have the bigger name and he doesn't and he's the most exciting like he's the one living up to the hype man even when he's having like a bad round you're like whoa he's getting punched in the face like Yo, is he gonna lose he just comes back gonna say. like he just the comes back is. and like knocks someone out and you're like whoa like he can Yo. he can throw a punch and he can take punches too like he's so fun to watch which you could only do for so long so he he better cut that shit out but look which he did against her as ponce earlier this year but me and my dad watched the fight together um and because you know you Puerto Rican fighters whatever you I, answer this joseph i'm gonna get to you in a second i'm gonna get <laughs> leave the comment leave the comment up i'm gonna get to you in a second but <laughs> subriel right he, he i'm like dad yo you gotta watch this dude you gotta watch this dude right 
So we watched the fight. And <laughs> he's like, yo, why is he getting his ass kicked in round one? Like, what the fuck? Because he's just getting rocked. Doo, doo, doo. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this is not good. What the hell is going on? And then it's like, it didn't matter. It's like, it's like when they used to fucking punch Hulk Hogan in the face before he would get on the ropes and Hulk up or whatever, yeah. except it had a lot less character to it, but regardless. And Subriel just came out round two, round three, round four, just broke him down, broke him down, broke him down. Just accurate as hell. That's the other thing. His precision is nuts, right? Yeah. And then... Then there's that speed, too. Like, he, he does have speed, man. Like, then he finishes <laughs> it in round five, and it's like, dude, like, I, if Regis is fighting like that against Danielito Zoria, and if Teofimo Lopez, who I'm going to get to in a second, Joseph... Uh, is retired, quote unquote. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope not. And I yeah. think even not, like, look, Subriel will give anybody problems at one forty. Anybody. Joseph's comment, Brian. Do you New Yorkers claim tail female LOLs? I think, I think he's claimed. I'm, I'm actually not like you know, it's not like Biggie, where like everybody here, like, there's an understanding, right? But I think uh, that's yeah, so I, mean. You know, you New Yorkers, like, he's from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, I, look, I claim him, but I, I'm okay. not. Sure. What I'm saying is like, I'm not sure if it's universal or whatever. But yeah, he's a Brooklynite. You know what I mean? I also think, I also think he's worthy of fighting in Madison Square Garden. And I didn't yes. like the fight that the, the fight with Josh Taylor, where it was at the MSG Theater. That was a, like Berlanga and Quigley. That's a theater fight. But Teofimo Lopez could, I think fight josh taylor at the garden and fight regis prograde potentially at the garden i think edgar berlanga by the way him and jaime Munguia, i think that could be a garden fight i don't know if it sells out but you probably could you market it puerto rico versus mexico both are heavily flawed power punchers yeah i think i think it could do well there you know it's kind of crazy because like tiffany lopez and i'm just gonna put these crying faces by tyrone the great who is one <laughs> of our supporters tyrone we appreciate you man we see you checking our content all the time so yes. thank you so much um i do want to mention though i think so many people hate on teofima lopez but at this point it's like he's had one really really bad fight against george Campos jr other than that it's like how can you hate on him uh joseph says we got j-lo i love j-lo it's true <laughs> you guys got some good names on this puerto rican list you know i i'm working to be added to this list one day um i'm playing kind of he's not but yeah <laughs> <laughs> He wants to be on We're the like, list. He's not. Um, yeah, J-Lo's, she's just got to stop making bad movies. But yeah, She made a good one, Mother. You see that? You seen Shotgun Wedding? No. <laughs> I haven't even seen the trailer to that. Is it good? I'm going to check that out. That sounds like a chick flick I would be into. <laughs> um, I'm going to watch it today because I'm a little bit under the weather. So, that, yeah, I'm going to do that. And he also said Teofimo Sr. is a nut. You know what? It's entertaining though. Like <laughs> I, I can't help but to be entertained every time he says something. It might not be the smartest thing, but I'm like watching it. Like, yo, what is he gonna say? He's gonna say something crazy, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in that sense, it's like there's like a give and take for it, where it's like, yeah, he might sound crazy, but. Are you entertained? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like ultimately, I, 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 cover sports for a living because sports are fun, uh, and you know, I like that. Teofimo Lopez Jr. and Senior are great personalities uh, to have in the sport. So hopefully, uh, Teofimo Lopez is not retiring. Uh, I think that's all I have in terms of the Puerto Rican boxing conversation. But I will end it here. Puerto Rican boxing is in a great place, and we, you know, Subriel Matias, Edgar Berlanga, Xander Zayas, and Manda Serrano, and I mentioned some of the younger ones coming up, Yankeel Rivera, Stephanie Pinheiro, Najee Lopez, uh, Edwin Valentin. Like, there's so much talent there. They just have to keep getting wins. 
All right, XL, because he's one of our guys, I want to put his uh, yes. comments on before we go. XL, thank you for rocking with us. He says, in my opinion, in the face of Puerto Rico, Xander, it, it's Xander Zayas, but I don't know. I I agree. I think uh, Xander Zayas He's the Zayas one with the most the promise. Guy. He's the yeah. one with the most promise. Right now, it's still Amanda Serrano. Then Edgar and Xander are right. Like, you know, who's going? Edgar's going to have to emerge first because he's older. Xander has more time. I think Xander's like two, three years away from being a champion and being a real monster. Yeah. And then uh, Subriel Matias is right. He's he's as good as everybody right now. I just like how Berlanga b- brings out like the rappers and stuff like that. Like, I like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, star, it's, it's different. And like, he has he a has vibe about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If he just continues to win, doesn't matter if he gets the knockout or not. Like, he's good for boxing. Yeah. Because he's going to make people that aren't like regular nerd fans like us. Um tune in. I think Berlanga has that star power. So I think he leads, needs a little bit more credit. I know everyone wants to see the knockout, but if he can put everything together, he's laughing. So um, I just want to say thank you so much for rocking with us, listening to this. We're also on the audio side, wherever you find audio. Leave Tell your friends to subscribe. They yeah. won't regret it. Leave a rate and review. Leave a five-star if you can. Um, We'll be back with some more content. We got some heat coming this week from my fellow Canadian, Cody Crowley. Oh, yeah. We we have that coming this Thursday, so stay tuned for that. Um, Very, very inspirational uh, interview that we have with Cody Crowley. Uh, Thank you for everyone rocking with us. Tyrone the Great uh, just said thank you. Uh, We appreciate everyone that has hopped on, left a comment, subscribed, uh, messaged us on Twitter, liked a video on Instagram or TikTok. Thank you guys so much because um, because of you guys, we're continuing to do this show. Four and a, four and a half months in, we have 840-something subscribers and however many, I don't know how many followers, but the YouTube is where, you know, the money will probably be made. So we're trying to get them up. So definitely subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. And uh, look, we're here to have a good time more than anything else. So hope you did as well. All right. Well, have a good week. We'll be back with some more content. And thanks so much for rocking with us. Yeah.